First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. When I read that I was being referred to as the mob boss of Hollywood, I wondered, who are these people we call they, who say a lot of things they really know nothing about? I've been searching for them, but have not found them. If you find them, please let me know. For nearly 40 years, I was a personal friend and associate of the famed underboss of the Colombo crime family, John Sonny Franzese. Sometimes I was referred to by Sonny and other New York mobsters as our man in Hollywood. When I entered the federal prison in Lompoc, California in 2010, a guard announced over the loudspeaker that I was the mob boss of Hollywood. The truth is, I wasn't a made member of any crime family. I had the opportunity to become made, but not the desire. I didn't want anyone to be able to claim me, as they say in the life. Besides Sonny, I was close to other well-known gangsters, including Jimmy Casey, who was from Buffalo but relocated to California, and England's Joey Pyle. I also met and was friends with Meyer Lansky, Carlo Marcello, and several others throughout the country. I associated with lesser-known criminals as well, who were conmen, thieves, robbers, and killers. Please understand that the criminal types I associated with weren't all bad, though. Many of them had good hearts and were true friends. I was proud to know them. I made money. Uh, Orlando Ori Spado, the uh, author of Accidental Gangster. The book is about him and his life uh, from Rome, New York, to Hollywood. And he's on the line right now. Ori, good morning. Thanks for coming on. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? It's uh, great to hear from you. And I thought I'd play a little clip from from your your audio book there, which explains yeah, me off guard there. <laughs> which 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 explains uh, a little bit of, uh, of of your story and what this book is about. I got to tell you, I know that uh, other people uh, reading the book as well. Uh, everyone coming back saying they love this book, and part of the reason they love it so much is the uh, all the local references. Of course, you're from Rome. Yes, I was born in Rome. Uh, left there at the age of 18, and I joined the Army, and then I returned, and I was uh, ended up with a Prudential Insurance Company. I was very successful. I was a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. And then I had my own agency, the Ori Agency, uh, which I did extremely well at. We were doing multi-millions a year. And I ended up my first indictment in Syracuse Federal Court. So when um, uh, uh, when did you get out of jail, by the way? you did how, how long did you spend time in jail, and when did you get out? I did five years. I got out in 2013. I was arrested in my home in Beverly Hills, California, in 2008. And put on Con Air and brought to Brooklyn, New York. Wow. On a Colombo crime family indictment. Uh, you, you have a lot of people uh, that are that have, we talked about the book uh, a week ago, and a lot of people picked it up, whether online, but the way you can pick it up um, on, uh, on Amazon. Uh, there's an audible.com version where you can listen to the, uh, to the audio book. Uh, it's all up there and easy for the taking The Accidental Gangster by Ori Spado, S-P-A-D-O. Copies, they can go to my website, okay. www.theaccidentalgangster.com, 
and they could purchase an autographed copy. So did you become tied to organized crime? And maybe you can explain that, what that means. While you were here in Rome, uh, before you went out to Hollywood? Yes. Well, so now, I got to know everybody while I was in Rome. Yeah. Uh, through a dear friend. He was a lawyer, Frank Russo from Rome. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody knows Frank Russo. And Frank and I went to New York all the time, sometimes on a weekly basis. Uh, and Frank introduced me to a lot of the people. Uh, Frank knew everybody throughout the country, including Jack Dragna out here in California, who I never met. Yeah. Never met Jack. By the way, I want to. Uh, I just want to say, uh, please don't get us sued and um, or killed. I'm more worried killed, about that. Or killed. <laughs> uh, th- but you're you're very you are very big on saying you do not like a rat. You are very uh, you understand you're not you're not putting mob secrets out there that are going to expose people. No, no, I would never do that. There, uh, number one. Uh, no, I do not like uh, rats, confidential informants, whatever you want to call them. Had a long talk yesterday with a dear friend of mine out in New York City. and uh, You know, there's just so many of them today that the country has become... These guys, they lie when they go into the courtroom. When they testify against you, they lie about everything. And they get off of all their crimes and then... They get to do these podcasts, and they write books. It's all full of freaking lies. Yeah. It just disgusts me. I wrote my book. Every word in my book is the truth. Uh, the first person who ever read my manuscript when it was completed was my dear friend, Nick Pelleggi. Nick is the guy that uh, his fame is. He wrote Casino. He wrote Goodfellas mm-hmm. and several others. He's an A-list writer here in Hollywood. And every gangster goes to Nick to try to get a book written. And Nick called me up. He said, Ori, your book is totally different. Everybody else, you got a great story here. He said, but Ori, you don't have nothing to say about any of your friends. <laughs> he said, because I don't have nothing to say about the guys who were not rats. They were all good guys. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, people watch these movies that glamorize the life. And it's not like that there. I mean, you got to be on your toes every morning, every day, from when you wake up until you go to bed at night. And even while you're in bed, you got to be on your toes. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know your surroundings. It's not as glamorous. Yeah, we had a lot of perks. We didn't pay it. Most restaurants, we never had to pay for a meal, never waiting on line, things like that there. Yeah, we had our perks. But what people don't realize is people like me and my friend, we all got good, big hearts. We help out a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, we take care of our own. I'm going to ask you, um, how how have, because there are many local references in the book, um, and how has that been received locally? How, how have people received being a part of your book? Uh, I've heard no uh, 
nothing bad from anybody. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there are a few who are not like it, uh, but you know, it's the truth. Yeah, it's the way it happened. Exactly what happened. One thing that I've been blessed with is a memory. I can remember what people were wearing when it happened. So, every word's the truth in my book, and yeah. I just tell it like it is. How did you get from Rome to Hollywood? How did that happen? And then talk about some of the people you rubbed elbows with and helped, by the way. Uh, you did a lot to help people out in Hollywood. Oh, yes. Uh, here again, well, when I joined the Army, I was stationed in Hawaii, and I was in, I met a girl there from Beverly Hills, a Jewish girl, and we got engaged. When I got out of the Army, I had a job lined up with Pan American Airlines here in Los Angeles. And uh, I was staying at the Hilton Hotel. And she come over, and she was crying because her father, very wealthy man, was against the marriage to an Italian guy. Mm. He picked out, he already had her husband picked out. And she wanted to run away and get married. And I told her, I says, I can't provide you the kind of life you're accustomed to. I'm just beginning my life. Yeah. I says, and, you know, you run away with me. I said, your father's going to disown you. That's going to be on your mind every day. I said, go back home. I says, we got to call it off. We did. Yeah. I, I called another girl who came over that I met in Hawaii. <laughs> and... Then uh, I woke up early in the morning, and I put my uniform on for the last time. Wow. The other looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going back. I got to see my father. And uh, I flew back, to, flew back to Rome. And my dad, I remember sitting down with my dad. He said, you should have never come back here. There's nothing here for you. Should have stayed in California. And I said, well, Dad, get me a job at Revere. I'll work there a few months. I'll save all my money. And I'll go back to California. Yeah. And uh, he did. And I got a job working a night shift at Revere. I think I worked there three weeks and three days. <laughs> and I didn't save five cents. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Ended up with a Prudential Insurance Company. Uh, oh, I worked a short time also at Kelsey Hayes in uh, Utica there, Whitesboro. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you did well at Prudential. Very well, yes. I, I loved the insurance business. It came natural to me. Uh, working, putting in hours, uh, that's never phased me, you know what I mean? I was never a guy to take a job because of his salary. Uh, only on a commission basis. Uh, I've always worked, and I always made very good money. Uh, I want to ask you about um, some... Uh, I'll get into a little local stuff coming up, just a little bit. Let people read the, the local stuff on their own. Uh, it's far safer for me. Um, let's talk about names like Frank Sinatra, uh, John Voight, Dean Martin, and even Celine Dion. Um, all names that that uh, you are very familiar with. 
Well, Frank Sinatra, I met out here in California. I met him actually the first time in Palm Springs. And then on Sunday evening, Frank owned part of a restaurant called Mateo's, uh, owned by Maddie, who was from Hoboken. Same, him and Frank grew up together. Frank put the money up for him. A great restaurant on Westwood Boulevard. And Sunday nights was the place that everybody went. Uh, uh, Sunday nights was the place everybody went there, including Ronald Reagan and Nancy mm. uh, came in all the time. And uh, Frank was a smoker like I am, and his wife was not allowed to smoke at the table. He used to come out and get me in. And he and I bullshit at the bar and smoke and so forth. Uh and the reason I met him down in Palm Springs was had something to do with gambling and some money that was old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we became, you know, not like close friends, like right. we, you know what I mean. But we knew each other. We knew enough about each other. We could call each other if we needed to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank D. Martin. We knew D. Martin. Uh, how did Celine Dion? How, how did Dean. how did Celine Dion spend a night in your spare room? How did that happen? No, it was a week. It was a week. Whoa. How did Whoa. that how did that happen? You know what? I didn't even know her name. All right. My friend Pete Azer, who was originally from Rochester, mm-hmm. he was he was a big mover out here. Uh he ended up going to check cutting. Pete was probably the best in the country at cutting checks. And I'm talking for multi millions of dollars. Uh we had good days, me and Pete. And I had a big apartment on uh, what's called the corridor over here, Westwood Boulevard, on Wilshire Boulevard in in Westwood. And I had a big two-bedroom, two baths. And Pete said, listen, I got a friend. He's got this girl uh, coming in from Canada, and uh, she's in the music business, just starting out. Could she stay there a week? I said, yeah. And... She was very nice, very quiet, didn't say nothing. We hardly spoke. You know, she went out, she did her thing. Yeah. I remember she had a little Mercedes. She drove. Uh, and I never, you know, I, it's like I never remembered her name. It was important. She was there, then she was gone. Yeah. And many years later, uh, after Pete got out of Pete, Pete went away and did five years in prison, too. And he calls me up one day. He says, remember that girl that you put up and let her stay in that your extra bedroom? I go, yeah. He says, you know who that was? I said, gee, Pete, I forgot. Who was it? He said, that was Celine Dion. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> so, and, and that's, uh, you had others that, that stayed. Um, let's talk a little, and I'm, I, I've got about four minutes left. I, I, hate to, because I could go on for a long time. I have a lot of questions. The book, by the way, I, I have to say is The Accidental Gangster, Ori Spado, S-P-A-D-O, and uh, it's available at, uh, at Amazon. You can pick it up through audible.com as well. It is a very interesting read. Uh, includes a lot of local connections, uh, Ori. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I spent a great part of my life there. Uh, Rome, Utica area. 
Who are who are some? You know, of... I'd like to give a shout out to the gentleman who introduced me to you, our friend uh, Joe Joseph. By the way, Joe's a good man. Uh, yeah. Yes, Joe is actually listening right now from Florida. Uh, yeah, he's down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and I think Joe just read your book and reached out to you, and uh, and and you guys became friendly from there, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you still have family here, uh, as I mentioned. The book has a lot of references to local. Tell us a tell us a local story that uh, that people would like to hear. You know what? I'd rather have the people purchase the book to read those stories. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's probably safer for us anyway. I, I do also want to ask him, though, because you've touched on this on your Facebook page, <laughs> the uh, your take on the events surrounding JFK's assassination. Mm. Mm. Okay. My take on that there? Yeah. What happened? You know what? I had a battle with this gentleman named Michael Franchise, and we go back and forth for a while. And then I ended the feud, okay, uh, which people could watch uh, on my videos uh, and interviews and so forth. But, no, people got it all wrong. Uh, that, uh, what was his name now? I don't believe it for a moment. So Oswald? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald? I don't believe for a moment Oswald was the killer. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's so many things that are hidden from people, and they don't understand it. I, I pretty much understand politics, uh, how Washington works. Uh, to, uh, you know, uh, one thing that i become a public figure, and people reach out to me from all over the world for different things. And I have a very, very interesting story, and I'm going to hopefully be publishing the books for this lady. But uh, if anybody watched 2020 last Friday evening, it's about a, a gentleman named Ron Rudin who was killed in his bedroom in Las Vegas. And it took him several years, and they ended up indicting his wife. She claims she's wife. innocent, right? She says she's innocent. I believe she is. Yeah. And then I happen to know about other murders that took place, one here in Los Angeles, one in uh, the San Diego area, and then Herbie Blitzstein, who was murdered in Las Vegas. Herbie Blitzstein was with Tony Spilatro. And Herbie Blitzstein, there was no reason to kill that guy. And after I analyzed the whole situation, she and I have been talking, this woman. And uh, she said, boy, she said, you're right on, she said. I said, well, that's because I understand the gangster life, and I understand when you're dealing with powers that are much bigger than you could imagine. Yeah. And uh, what? So was, uh, why? Why? Why did you go to jail? What was? What did they get you on? What they got me on, and why they really got me two different things. Okay. But the the charges were this. Uh, uh, distribution of cocaine, 50 kilos or more, never took place. It was a conspiracy, uh, all set up by an informant by the name of Guy Fataro. And the other charge was a home invasion robbery. Uh, they claimed took place out in Burbank, California, uh, which I was never at the scene. Mm. They tried to say I was the boss of it, and I set it up. 
Uh, and in my book, you will see some motions that I personally submitted. In Brooklyn, New York, I was known as the renegade client. I had I went through four lawyers <laughs> on my case. I really studied my case. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I got a. Uh, I tried to get my trial changed to Los Angeles because this is where a juror of my peers would be in Los right, Angeles. Right. Was there a conspiracy to try to get you to maybe flip? Oh, they tried for years to get me to flip. And you never uh, did? I'll give you a story. In 1997, an FBI agent told me, I'm going to see the day that you are chained, shackled, put on Con Air, and brought to Brooklyn. 1997, I laughed at him. They tried to get me to inform. I taped the FBI. <laughs> I had 12 tapes on the FBI. <laughs> Only time you ever wore a wire. <laughs> but I knew what I was doing, and yeah. Jimmy Tachi was like my brother out here. Uh, we went on record with what I was doing back in Buffalo with Joe Tadaro because Sonny was in prison at the time. And I had to go on record with somebody back east, what was I doing? Because I knew the outcome of it wasn't not going to be good. Mm, okay. And what ultimately happened as a result, that agent got demoted from the FBI Organized Crime Task Force because of what I did to him. Wow. Would you believe they put him on the fugitive squad? <laughs> and would you believe that's the same agent that now has the credit for capturing Whitey Bulger? Really? Yeah. That is unbelievable. I feel he owes me a favor. Don't I, you? I would say. <laughs> wow. All right. We are uh, we are out of time. And the book, you, you uh, if you want to... If you want to read, there's a ton of local reference, um, a ton of it in this book. Uh, the book is entitled The Accidental Gangster from Insurance Salesman to Hollywood Fixer, Ori Spado, O-R-I-S-P-A-D-O. Um, and it's out there on Amazon, on Audible.com as well. Ori, we're going to have to do this again. I, I, after I completely finish the book, uh, I can't wait to, uh, to chat again. Did you get the book yet? I, I have not gotten it yet, but I did buy the Audible version. But then I, I know well, that book should be should have been there already. Well, it's a crazy mail world these days. That's where we're at now. Yeah. So, all right, we'll do this again, Ari. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Bill. All Bye right. Bye. Okay, how about that story? Talk about somebody who has all the stories in the world. It's crazy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.